welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Sheldon Kay, show manager of Mobile Tech Expo. Our Las Vegas show is happening September 5th through 7th, and I want to give you all a heads up that our education day is already 50% sold out. So if you're thinking of attending, you should probably sign up soon. Since Pints and Polishing is one of our favorite partners, I want to offer you all a special discount. Sign up with the discount code PINTS, that's P-I-N-T-S, and save 15% off our education day pass. I can't wait to see you all at the show and share a beer with you. Cheers. Welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast, Air Force One style. Air Force One style. I want to immediately start off, hey, don't give us a knock on the quality of this podcast. Because yeah, we need grace on this one. We need grace on this one. We had the very big opportunity of Rennie Doyle taking time out of working on Air Force One, being up in Seattle. Major project. Major project for the Detail Mafia and for his, his whole detailing success um, program. Being able to be up at the Museum of Flight and and do what they do as detailers for our government, for our country, for preserving history is is really unbelievable. Much respect that a detailer could be doing that is is really impressive. For sure. So you know we're not sure where he was, but there was a lot of muffling. Um, he was saying he was having to walk around trying to find a place to talk. So. Bear with us. Apologize. You know, it's just, it is what it is. We're just happy to be able to get some really cool info from him. DJ, like, super optimistic. Rennie is really just a ball of energy. He really is, man. It, it was, yeah, it was great to have him on again. I learned some, something new about him every time I talked to him, honestly. So he's he's definitely full of uh, full of knowledge and a passion for this industry and, and, and the people in this industry. So, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, cool. And would love uh, everybody, we talk about it, you know, get out to Mobile Tech Expo, come out to the education. Rennie is the keynote speaker for Mobile Tech Expo Vegas. Really awesome, excited to hear. That's going to be just another big bump full of energy. Really excited for that too. For sure. So see you guys there. Yep. Y'all have a great day. And uh, DJ, before we go, do you want to talk about (laughs) Crook and Marker? What the hell is this? It's a beer. You can you consider it a beer? I don't know. It says base brew. It's a drink that you found that I really it's sparkling like. Sparkling beverage. I wouldn't call it a beer. I don't think it is a beer. It's it's one of those things that you drink definitely poolside. We're not at the pool. Uh, we knew but, Rennie couldn't drink, but we yeah. were like, you know what? <laughs> I, it's hot outside here. It's muggy. It's humid, and I need something refreshing. So, it's yeah, crook and markers, spiked and sparkling. Something drink, I get yeah, like but organic alcohol. I've never had organic alcohol before. Well, and have you ever it had makes you better? <laughs> what is that? Quino? Uh, it's Quin- called quinoa. Quinoa. Yeah, quinoa. Yeah. I, so it's full of protein. I guess, like, really interesting. Zero, zero grams of protein, but it has quinoa. In it. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. So it, we're not sure exactly what this is, but it's bougie. I got vegan, I got vegan it the other night. Free. Yeah, because I was like, you know what? There's some other stuff starting to come out. Instead of uh, uh, what we've truly. become addicted to, is truly. Marty truly likes it. I truly like it. And uh, it's a little sweet for me. A little sweet. I think this this coconut pineapple, though, I, I might have found one I, I could really like. But mango is just a bit sweet. What do you think? I think it's great. Uh, the coconut, whatever. What do you have again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best one. Coconut pineapple. And I had the uh, peach yesterday because I had to try it. It was all right. And the spark- strawberry lemonade is good too. But definitely worth a try if you like this kind of uh, drink. But still hasn't reached truly status. Nah, it's truly not. Still. It's, it's, it's truly not, not the one. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Hope you have a great day. What's going on? Rennie, man. What's happening? Living the dream, huh? Yeah, it's been an awesome week, man. Unreal. Unreal. 
Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on the Pints of Polishing podcast again, taking a little bit of time out of your week. I know you're stupid crazy busy, so really uh, is an honor you take the time for us. Now, you know what, George, I just think what you guys do. You know, it's just relaxed, it's, uh, it's real, and, uh, and we need a little more of that, and I don't know that way. Well, you know, we try. Yeah, we think we think there's a reason to do it that way. And I think uh, some of the stuff you and Bob Phillips have said of, about being neutral and about supporting everybody, I think, it's, I think it's key. I think we're just happy to be just one of the voices trying to do it. Yeah, right. Well, I think you guys... You know, I think you're kind of trendsetters in that way. And I think that, uh, you know, you just kind of, the, the whole tempo of it, uh, who each of you guys are, and then, uh, and then your why is cool. And just, your why is because you love the industry. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, man, give everybody, we don't want to take too much of your time, so we'll hop right in. Um, give everybody just a quick background info on, you know, when you when you got going, who you were as a, you know, a kid, why you got into detailing all that. I know you've been on before, but people are still going to really want to know a little bit of nuggets of, you know, who is Rennie. You got it, man. You know, I, I, I was born, uh, I was uh, going way back when I was reading the Dynasty Circuit Center. You know, stories and community My goal is always to touch one or two people, and, and hopefully it will, because, you know, my story's not uh, hey, an easy story. Rennie? I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man, didn't mean to cut you off. It's kind of muffled. Oh, hold on. Let me see if I can take a move. How's that? Is that any better? Yeah, that's better. Okay, good. Sorry. It's we we're we're sitting out here, and if there's there's noise all over the place, so I was trying to hide from the noise. So we'll see if that's we'll see if that's better. Yeah, no, that's great. So good, good. So you know, I started out uh, uh, not not in an easy position in life. It is uh, I was kind of uh, born into a broken home, like like many of us were. And, um, you know, no dad, no dad around. Uh, you know, my brothers are quite a bit older than me, and you know, my mom, mom had some issues. My grandma kind of raised me, and by the time I was, uh, I was thirteen, I figured out that here's this amazing woman, my grandma, that's uh, on food stamps. And when I found that out, it really bothered me. And so I figured out different ways to make money, uh, so she wouldn't have to be on food stamps in any in any form of fashion. That's awesome. I didn't know so that. Time I was, yeah. Yeah. So by the time I was fourteen. I'd gone out to the airport just to check it out, and uh, a guy named Mark Scholl, legendary flyer, and if anybody's seen the movie Top Gun, Mark did all the aerial photography for the movie Top Gun uh, that was released back in 86. That's killer. So I don't in, think DJ has. DJ's not a movie guy. I've seen I Top Gun, I don't think he I've even knows what the movie is. I've seen Top Gun. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're like, you're like cool about the stories. You're... You, you don't know, man. You don't know. We, <laughs> nah, yeah, right. We're no, set back for right. life right now. Yeah, you know, Warren, Warren Booth has got a great quote, and he says that uh, they asked him why more people aren't, um, aren't like him, that they aren't billionaires. And he says, because most people don't want to get rich slow. 
And I think that's a pretty cool, cool quote because most people want to get rich quick and they don't realize that it, it's a slow process uh, for most of us. Um, so, you know, it, it, I, I left detailing. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that is that I had gone out, I actually, uh, what school thought I was going to be this, you know, this, this business mobile and uh, got, got back from going to school and, and uh, had a doctor that didn't get back into detailing if I wanted to. Uh, sold the company, and now I was like, okay, what the hell am I going to do? I don't, I don't do well playing with others in jobs. So I got into the window tending industry. I started up a window tending company, did very well in the window tending. I loved it, but it wasn't, wasn't a passion. Putting film down for me just wasn't a passion. So I ended up selling that company also. Uh, I took a five-year uh, hiatus from being self-employed and went to work for a big major corporation. I thought it would, it would do me well later in life to learn, you know, the big number side of things, which it did, but I hated every second of it, because, you know, I felt like, you guys ever see, uh, you guys ever have a pet hamster when you're a kid, and, 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 and you can teach it to get on the wheel, and if you ring a bell or a whistle or something like that, it'll get off, it'll go eat. I, I felt like that hamster, because, you know, they'd ring a bell, I'd have to take lunch. They'd ring a bell, I'd have to go down an airplane. They'd ring a bell, I'd have to get, you know, I'd have to get back onto the treadmill, and I, I just didn't like building somebody else's dream up. Well, and, uh, I, for me, it wasn't building somebody's dream. I didn't like the regiment. Like, the, I'm... The ring right. of the bell? Yeah, like, I, I think I... That's what sucked about... Like, I hated to... You had to tell me when I'd do something, and, like, that's the part for me right. that drove me crazy. It did. It was, it was, it was only a problem. I just... It was just... I, I'm not, I, just, I don't... You know, I mean, I'm military. Uh, I was in the Army. I was still reservist. And... I, you know, I take orders well. Uh, you know, I'm respectful of things. But even, <laughs> even in search and rescue at the service department in the military, I don't like stupid. Hmm. You know? I don't do stupid well. And so, uh, you no know. No wonder I, we I, don't I, hang I, out, Rennie. That's, <laughs> that's my problem, man. Yeah, Marty, Damn it. too stupid. Yeah. The problem is usually I'm the stupidest guy at the table. Uh, oh. I like being the stupidest guy at the table. You know, I don't really waiting for everybody, but... It, nah, you guys are brilliant, man. And you guys are doing it right. You know, you guys aren't. You guys aren't doing it like some of us did, just killing yourselves. You know, some of you guys work very hard, but I've seen you guys. You guys look pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm beat to hell. You know, and it's I guess, I guess I put on a good front. <laughs> <laughs> it's just your good jeans. It's my good it's jeans. It's your good jeans. I'm wearing that's shorts exactly today. It, right? Exactly it. So, uh, last one. You know, we we jumped in another business with somebody, a family member. Uh, I've given everything I had because I wanted to. Young man kind of, kind of uh, jumped out at me uh, 
a few days ago. And he said, ah, that's no big news. You guys have done it for 16 years. My response back to him was, I said, you know, young man, so here's the deal. I said, I have a soon customer come back. The Air Force, the Department of Defense, Boeing, and the museum, a flight here in Seattle. For 16 years, they've entrusted with the, uh, us with this, with this project. And I said, isn't it an honor when your customers keep coming back time after time, year after year? Isn't it what all of us strive to do is get repeat customers? And so I don't look at this as a returning. If you look at the way these aircraft were, uh, were the condition they're in 16 years ago, and then you look at what the men and women that are out right behind me right now, they push me forward. Honestly, guys, I mean, I'm just one dude, man. I'm just one dude that, that has a passion for shine and, and did a couple things right. It's everybody that's, that's sitting there working their butts off line to have with you guys that's, that's making it happen. They're the ones that's built me up. Hey, so, oh, definitely. It makes sense. I, I want to go back to that early start of, you know, you're back to detailing. When did you decide, hey, I should create a group and do training and all the stuff that you've created? Huh. It's all, that's all tied back to this. So 2002, I came up, I did Boeing a bid for Air Force One. And, and, and it was, it's a retired unit. It was the first jet Air Force One to ever be used. Eisenhower, Kennedy. I uh, used it, uh, Johnson used it, uh, all the way through Carter. And um, that was 2002, I, worked, I did the work in 2003, and then in late 2003, we got the, the Bush administration called, and we got to work on the 747s that are currently in, in usage. And I got to go to lunch, and I got to meet President Bush. Those opportunities really launched me to a new level. We had six shops going, we were very successful. Okay, hold on, that's what I was gonna say. So at that time, it was your, it was your detailing company. Not, not right. the mafia. Okay. Yeah. So um, as a detailer, you're you're speaking right then as you're a detailer running a business and correct. you correct. you put in a bid and then next thing you know you're getting calls from administration of the president like that's fucking yeah. wild like. Yeah, I'm, dude, uh, you want to do something funny? So Diane calls me and 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 she goes, "Ring." You just got a warehouse staffer that called and left a message. They want to talk to you. <laughs> and I won't tell you what I said because, you know, it's kind of colorful words. But I was like, get that out of here. You know, I mean, hey, come on. So it's one of my friends. You know, somebody's playing a joke on me. So I called I call this number back. The only thing I was professional about because it was a Washington, D.C. number, but I, I've got a lot of friends in the military and stuff like that, right? So I'm still really skeptical. So I call up this, you know, hi, this is Renny Doyle just returning the White House phone call, you know, kind of being a, a smart ass. And, uh, you know, the voice on the other side, very kind woman, she explains what's going on. She says, you know, uh, we got to see one of our staffers and one of the, one of the, uh, one of the staffers that runs the program for Air Force One saw some of your work in Seattle. And, uh, we need a proposal right away to get you to work on the current two 747s. And we're going to send you over here. <laughs> That's better. Like, wow. <laughs> and she, so I said, um, okay, and literally 24 hours later, I was on a transport plane, um, really didn't know where I was going. Uh, they weren't really gonna tell me where I was going. It was only one plane. It turned out that it was up here at Boeing. It was getting, it was getting serviced. At that time, I wasn't supposed to know, but you know, I could figure it out pretty quick. Uh, really did, uh, the outside, there's not a whole lot you can touch on those things. So, you know, I advised them, I was more than advised, you know, the detail of the crap, which ones, the outside, not gonna happen. A lot of people don't know this, they don't use a polisher on the outside of the current Air Force Ones, but a couple times, maybe once a year, the reason why they're always fueled and they're very, very, very uh, worried about creating friction. And so everything's done by airmen, Air Force Airmen by hand, pretty much, unless it's in for service. Hmm. And so uh, it was in for service, but they, you know, they they had very little interest in me touching a lot of the outside. I made some pointers and brought some people in, showed them how to do it. They did it, but I got to work on the inside. I'll tell you, that was fascinating. You know, I mean, it was just, it was cool. And then they let me sit. You know, at the time, the sitting president was was uh, George Bush, and you know, sat in the seat. It was kind of cool. Huh. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was really fun. And then. We did that, and then just a few months later, my, my wife was expecting a, a baby, our youngest child at the time, and I got a phone call, and George W. Bush invited me to a luncheon in Utah and paid all my expenses, 
and uh, I got to go down. I got to have you know lunch there. I got to meet the president. I uh, said he sat down with me and shook my hand and talked with me and and he uh, was a cool dude. It wasn't the guy that you saw you know the news at the side. It was it was quite enlightening. And, and, and I, I refused to wear a tie. If you ever know me, I just you know you'll never see me in a tie. But I had a nice suit on and uh, it. Uh, they made me put a tie on when I got there, so I brought up a backup tie just in case. And the president looked at me and he goes, "You know, you don't, you don't remind me of a guy that would wear a tie. Take your tie off." <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> sure thing. Exactly, exactly it, man. Exactly it. And so, uh, did you salute you know, at the same that, time? Like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I was so scared. I mean, I was just. I was. I'm not. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't scare easy. I don't, you know, I don't get nervous, dude. I was. I was the super service kind of got me like towards the end of the luncheon, and I thought I was getting kicked out. I said, "Okay, well they're going to they're going to throw the trash out now." You know, the poor guys are, you know, they're done with us. We were kind of, you know, stage props, right? It's so back to a little muffled. Kind of... Sorry, oh, I didn't that. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Is that better? Mm-hmm. Okay. So sorry, I keep moving around a little bit. So I'm going to try to hold still. How's that? Um, <laughs> that that's got to be hard. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's it. And so, you know, they, they, they came to the government and thought, oh, boy, you know, they're, gonna, you know they're, they're getting all the low lowlifes out of here. And they took me back to this little room, and like five minutes later, here comes, you know, President Bush walking in. And I literally had about three or four or five minutes with them one-on-one. And uh, it was it was a highlight. He sent me uh, inaugural invitations to his next, you know, when he won the next election. Uh, it was really something as a kid I never imagined, even as an adult, you know, two years before that. I never imagined as a detailer I'd have, you know, that kind of contact. Yeah, I think that's the cool, like, a detailer cleaning car, like, yeah, yeah, that's, wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely a... Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, a couple of years later, Matt Williams started still in, in, in business today, and they're still Ohio. And he, he calls me up, uh, the forums were just getting really hot, right? This is... You know, I've been on forums since like the late '90s, but now it's forums are starting to get really, you know, popular. This is 2003, 2004, and uh, Matt Williams calls me up and he says, "Hey, man, you know, I'd love to come out and hang at your shop and learn from you." And I get those requests all the time, and most of the time I just ignore them. But Matt seemed like a bright kid, college graduate, and he was persistent. So I brought him out, and that was my first training student, and we saw an opportunity. So in 2004, we watched. Detailing success, and then a year later, we re- we recognized that there was no support structure for detailers, and I would have died right to have you know support structure, other people that had done things before me. So we started what's known now as the Detail Mafia, and uh, that was back in 2005. And so it was originally designed, you said, as a support. Is that what you mean? What do you? Yeah, we are kind of like this, kind of like a, a support group. We we really. You know, we, we, we put a little uh, forum up, a private forum. We could go in there. We, we, we did hosted private, you know, training events. Uh, we mentored and coached each other. It was probably, there's, a, there's 13 founding, original founding members um, that were involved that we decided to do it. And uh, ironically, my, my grandpa was a dead guy in the Tipolito family. And uh, in an interview one day, somebody said, oh, you, got, you, know, you guys' group's kind of private. You're kind of like the mafia, like the detail mafia, and and so it stuck, um, and uh, that that's kind of where the mafia now it was started as. Then we kind of kept going with it as a joke, you know, is is just to irritate people because we found out that the name really pissed some people off. It still does to some degree, um, but if you're around our guys, uh, we had some outsiders come in that aren't usually around us this week. Uh, we had we had a speaker come in, Jonathan came in. We've had you know Tony from Glass Fantasy was in, and then yesterday, ironically, we had an F four pilot, Vietnam veteran, right, walking through uh, the exhibit, and he came up to me, and he said, you know, he said somebody said that you were the man in charge, and I said no, I said I pointed to my wife, and I said she's actually the boss of everything, and uh, he kind of laughed, and he says I just want to tell you this is the most spirited group of men and women I've ever seen. They're so caring and giving. And, you know, really, that's what the... It's a shame because a lot of people don't get to know us and think we're cocky. We're just confident. A lot of us are very confident in our mission and confident in what we want to do. And the reason why we're that confident is because we've got to be confident eight hours a day and the rest of our day. That's what we differ from the rest of the industries. 
we only we 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 detail to provide a lifestyle and to provide a way of life. Detailing is is a business to us. We love it just as much as the other guy, but we know that the, the true value, the true jewel, is living a good life. Yeah, I mean, I think we we're definitely right on board with that. Like, I think that's the best way to be. I do too, and, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of these people, whether they're younger or old, a lot of people new to detailing read a lot of the BS. We see it. Oh man, I just spent you know sixty hours on the team on this thing, you know, and 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 and, and it's great if you're making money on it. I mean, I applaud you, and 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 um, I think there's some great talented detailers, but you know, a lot of them just aren't making money and they're not living a good life. And you know, the other side of my life is in the military. You know, I do search and rescue. I do I train. I've done a lot. I've trained special forces members, you know, like man tracking and survival, um, evasion. Uh, but my main focus is on search and rescue. And I, I, ultimately times I've gone to rescue a civilian that has been either put in a bad position or put themselves in a bad position. Uh, they're at the end of their life. Unfortunately, they've, they've taken their last breath with, with me present. And it's just a shame when you hear people take their last breath and they have regrets. And I just teach people, don't don't live. We don't know. I mean, you guys are young guys. We don't know where our inspiration is. We don't know where we're going to win. And you've got to live every day like it's your last day. And it, I understand that we all love what we do, but there's a lot more to life than that. And I think detailers entrap themselves in this thinking that it's just hard work, hard work, hard work. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of them dwindle away. They burn themselves out, and they don't they don't last very long. You know, we talked about yeah, that on a, just a very relevant past episode that we haven't aired yet about how to be able to take yourself more long term in mm-hmm. the industry and be able to be from 20 to 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and still be in the industry. You know, we have a saying that we call it, you know, taking your passion and turning it into a profit. Um, and that's right. that's it's very similar to, I think, what what you're talking about. So, man, I mean, we're. We're cheers with you on that. Um, you know, you, you know Mark, love you just, it. You just nailed it. I, you're giving me chills from. I'm not kidding you either. You're giving me chills from my heels to my neck because the sheer guys like you. Mark, you get, oh, get Rennie chills. This. Well, I give you chills every other night. Yeah, but you gave Rennie chills. I know. That's good. Right. <laughs> you did well. Yeah, he did. We'll talk about that another time. Okay. Right. <laughs> Maybe in Vegas. Can we have a cigar while we do it? You're going to tickle your throat with a cigar. Well, that might not give us enough time for round two, you know, so we might have to go another <laughs> cigarette. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, seriously, there's young guys like you, and, you know, I don't really call you guys influencers. You're influencers in the industry. And, and anybody that's listening, I don't give a shit if you're 20 or you're 60. First off, these young guys, let me tell you something. You old guys. The ones that are pumping this industry up right now, and a lot of guys aren't going to like this, is the ladies. We've got a coalition of women that have come into this industry in the last few years, let's say five or six years. Many have been there a lot longer than that. And you know what? They're changing the game. And the reason why is women are absolutely talented uh, skillful detailers. And a lot of them don't get all macho um, Viagra um, addictions to the to the business. They, they work hard, but they're not addicted to it to where it destroys their lives. Right, but I also think they're a bit hungrier. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Because they got pr- not okay. No, you're right. They, they got to prove a point that, that hey, look, I can do this just yeah. as much or better than you can, and they're kicking ass. Yeah, they're breaking they're into literally kicking ass into a male-dominated industry yeah. as a female, and there's we've a little had, bit of a chip on the shoulder, and they're they are they're fucking rock stars. Yeah, we've had what four, five, yeah, five of them on our show so far. Yeah, it's, you know, I've got a 15 year old daughter. My oldest daughter's been very involved in the, in, in in our business, and our middle daughter. Um, not quite as involved, but still very involved. And then now our younger one, she's here, she's one of the photographers uh, for the Air Force One project. But next year, she's putting the camera down and picking up the polisher. So I've made a deal with all of our kids. Our oldest one started when she was 15. Uh, this one's going to start when she's 16 and all the way through college. Our daughter was a U.S. Marine. The Marines would send her on paid leave to come detail Air Force One. Wow. Uh, she did that all, all uh, five of the six years that she was a U.S. Marine. And uh, I finally got out. I saw him one of her, you know, one of her, her, uh, her Denny. I said, Denny, why are you sending my, why are you sending my daughter? And I said, Well, first off, we're a little intimidated because we don't know really who the hell you are. 
Um, and then second off, any time the Marine Corps can stand on top of the Air Force, we're all about that. Nice. You know, so they uh, they did it. But, you know, my girls, Diane, and Diane's been behind the scenes a lot. But as I said, every every every, every man that's kind of achievements has got a great woman behind him. Oh, yeah. Now, I wouldn't say behind him. My, my wife is side by side. Sometimes, you know, I feel bad because, of, you know, my personality, I, I overshadow her. And it's not on purpose. It's just because people came to the front. But really, this is they, they should be pulling to the front is, is Diane and my kids. Because, you know, you guys are entrepreneurs, right? We what? Or anytime, you guys are entrepreneurs. Oh. And a lot of people listening right now are entrepreneurs. You know what that, that's code for? We're pain in the asses. We're hmm. pain in the butts. <laughs> We're very hard to get along with. We're driven. We're everything that usually that that we, we, we boxed ourselves in to where we're addicted to our work and we just need to back off a little bit. And but you gotta realize when you're an entrepreneur, you are kind of difficult because you are a, you know, you're very driven. Just realize that with your family and back off every once in a while. And I I'm guilty of that to the tenth. And it's been very hard to correct myself. Even at fifty three years old, it's it's very hard for me to know to, to back away and, and, and not and not go after it. I don't know. I I hate second place. I don't like not winning. Uh, I grew up in the era there was no participation trophies. You know, uh, you either won or you got your ass whipped. It was one or the other, and I've never liked to get my ass whipped. Marty does. Yeah, you know, there was this one night. No, no, heart attack burger at a. <laughs> <laughs> What's that restaurant in Vegas? Well, the Heart Attack Grill. Heart Attack Grill. Heart Attack Grill. Yeah. Yeah. If you go down to Old Town, Vegas, down to Fremont Street, yeah. there's a Heart Attack Grill, and uh, if you don't eat all your food, they put you out in the middle and spank you. Marty purposely left the whole plate of food. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shucks, I didn't finish uh-huh. it. So you're that guy. I'm that guy. Oh yeah, he's that guy. He likes to get. Beat. I like it. Oh, I like it. I like it. Take him again. <laughs> Hey, so Rennie, um, give us a little brief update on, I mean, what are you guys doing this week? You know, you've talked about how you got into it. You've talked about, you know, being there, getting to sit, which is freaking awesome in the president's chair um, and being in front of the president. But so, I mean, each year you guys go out to Seattle, I think it is. Correct. It is. It is. And then what do you guys do? So, you know, go back, uh, you know, relationships are key to everything. I had a customer named Joe Clark. And you guys, you know, mention we're flying. Look out at the end of the wings. And you know how the wings turn up? There's yeah. a little wing on the end now that faces straight up. Mm-hmm. That's that's called a winglet. And so I had this customer that I was doing all kinds of work for his cars. Then it turns out he has some really nice airplanes, right? Well, it turns out he's the inventor of those those winglets, and he's on the board of directors for Boeing. So he's the one that got us the job. He liked our work. So you never know who you're dealing with. Cause Joe Clark just looked like an average guy that had done some things right. You know, I had no idea who he was. And he referred us over to this project and got us on it. So what we do every year is we come up, and started with just Air Force One, and we've really, she was in good shape, but she wasn't in museum quality shape. Does that make a difference? It's, it's night and day, right? And we've all seen, you know, new car condition. Well, what's a new car look like? It's pretty, pretty trash, you know? Uh, us as detailers know that but most, most customers don't. Well, the museum didn't realize just the, the true condition that the, the Air Force was in, the Air Force One was in. So we brought it back. It took us about seven or eight years to just get it back to where it was majestic again. Uh, we actually had the pilots that originally flew that plane um, for President Eisenhower and for President Kennedy that said it looks better now than it did at the time of delivery when it took it out of the Boeing factory. That's that, awesome. that, that is to that level. Yeah. Wow. So now it's all about preservation. So now we come in, we fine tune it very gentle because this thing's got to last. It's a two hundred to three hundred million dollar collector piece, and you can't damage it. The aluminum is very sensitive, so we don't. If you can't look at it, there's little imperfections in it because trying to go after those little imperfections could actually damage it. So at this point, it's just preserving it for future generations to be able to see. This thing's going to be around a lot longer than any of us. And then also the museum and Boeing has entrusted us. They've got 17 other aircraft that are all serial number ones or one of the kinds, the first 737 to ever be flown, uh, one of the, the, one of the, the, the very first commercial airlines 
the very first fighter jet ever in the world from World War One. All these planes have got to be preserved. So what a lot of people don't realize is that we're actually taking and not just telling it. A lot of these, we're just doing simple preservation on so that everybody has a chance to see this for the next couple hundred years. Oh, you mean you're just slapping a wax on? Yeah, just spraying light. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, it's Biff. You know, we're doing a Biff, and uh, we, we invited Biff from uh, Back to the Future. And just just to watch that. And, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're putting, we're putting, we're, we're pretty selective what's going on. Like, you know, we've got, we've got our own brand, uh, Double Black. Uh, we've got Beat Maker product that's been, that's really been uh, popular this last three years. It just got its bowing spec. So we, we are, we are really excited about that because to have a Boeing spec, um, to be able to use, the literally use on aircraft, that's huge. So this is the first year we've had that, that spec. Yeah, and, uh, that's, that's uh, pretty uh, legit, that's, man. That's, yeah. Congratulations. That's, off. that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. And you know what? I, I, you know what I want to do? Anybody who's listening to this, man, I start with nothing. And, and you look at, I, I'm not all it. I always try to hang out with the real smart people, man. I was a special ed kid um, in sixth grade. I, I still have a learning disability. If you listen to my English, it's not perfect. Um, yeah, I grew up poor. I grew up in a tough area as a minority. Like, I'm a white guy, but as a minority, believe it or not. Um, you know, if I can do this, you guys can do it. And, and don't settle. Don't settle for just being something, but also realize what you are. You know, we never gave up our detailing. Our detailing has been the foundation of everything we are today. And it took us 20, almost 25 years to launch successfully to the end of the but during that time, we always had our fingers in other businesses. The average millionaire has seven to eight sources of income that they're, they're bringing in to keep that diversity going. So while you're building up your detailing company, look for other opportunities, but don't forget what you are. So many detailers want to take and start out as a detailer, and they want to launch immediately into something else, or they want to see their own lights. That, that, that's dangerous. You've you got to take and make a solid living, be happy with what you're doing, and then go after other opportunities. Uh, some great example would be one of your main guys, Justin Lobato, went and joined in on a bar restaurant that has just exploded. Uh, All right. I'll get to be there, I think, in August. We're going to do some training at his facility. And I was like, bro, I'm coming to eat, too. Like, we got to go have some beers and sit out on your patio. Like, super stoked for him to be an owner in a restaurant and having a detail shop. Like, that's that's really yeah. awesome. Well, you know, he's one of our training facilities. He's sponsored by Bump and Shine. He's involved with Flex. I mean, the guy, he, I'll tell you, I just use him as an example. We had what we call patio tops up here last night. And we had all our young guns, what we call our young guns, and Detail Mafia, and, and Justin's definitely one of those. The guys are in their 20s and 30s that are really coming up yes. to the ranks. And, and Still Justin's young. been... <laughs> Still young, DJ. Yes. Still young. <laughs> I love yeah, doing the word yeah, 30 yeah. and young. <laughs> so we, we got Justin up because, you know, he was, he was ideal. He was coachable. There's the difference between... Uh, people that are successful and unsuccessful. If you're not coachable, you're going to struggle. Just make yourself coachable. And Justin was that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I like cool. Justin. Yeah. All right, man. We don't want to keep you too long. I know you, you got to get to it. We want to talk about uh, mobile tech, though. A mobile tech expo Vegas. in Vegas, the first inaugural Vegas. ever. And inaugural, honey. you are the keynote speaker. I mean, that's... I, when I heard it, I was like, "That's that's awesome!" Like, congratulations, what that's cool. Person. Yeah. Thanks, man. You know, we did we did the keynote down at uh, Mobile Tech. We we're the first detailer to ever do a keynote at Mobile Tech two years ago. So when they asked me on this one, I was really excited. And, and a lot of people don't realize in that is that it, I, I don't make it about detailing. Um, it, it, it it it's a message that we hope again. All of us are all of us are damaged in some little way, and a lot of us have damaged ourselves by simply overworking and stressing ourselves out. And I really get into that on how to balance. You know, I've got four great kids. I've got a fantastic wife that's my best friend. Uh, why she puts up with me, I don't know. I've got a mom that's really struggling right now, but my mom's still alive, and I love her to death. I've got, I mean, honestly, I see you guys, and it brings tears to my eyes, because 
it's not because it's not because of just what you're doing for the industry. It's it's that you're you're, you're mailing people out, man. You're bringing truths that ten years ago weren't being true. You know, and that's what I really concentrate on is is taking and bringing equality to people's lives. Is to take and just man, mellow out, take a breath. Because you know when you're mellow and you're happy, the attraction value. You're like a magnet to money, and a lot of people just don't realize that when they're when you're desperate, you're actually the opposite. But when you're when you're comfortable and where who and what you are and you're happy in life, that's when I've made the most money, man. Well, and even not just about money, it's just about enjoying your life better, like you talked about earlier. I think with a positive mindset, which is extremely tough to do, I've been trying to mull over my mind doing a little video series on on having a positive mindset because We've all, I I know DJ has talked about it before. You've just mentioned, I mean, we've all gone through a whole lot of stuff. And for other guys that go through hardships, go through struggles, have dreams and desires in order to try and climb out to get into fulfilling those dreams, it takes a regular reinstatement in your mind of telling you you can do it to try and push the negatives out and just think positive. And when you do that, then... You start seeing that in your life and you you run towards those in your own life just naturally i think just through your subconscious and to me it, it's not yes money's great but to be able to enjoy my life that's to me the one that's the that's the that's the that's to me is the answer of success what is success to enjoy your life i i couldn't say any better dude i yeah. couldn't agree with that and my whole message, everybody's pretty sad. It is a deal. You know what, Marty? Start nailing down the attitude that you just, you just nailed down on the head as good as anybody could, right? Since I've had that attitude, the times in my life I've had my attitude, the only reason I relate it back to money is when I'm happy, I've happened to be making the most, it had nothing to do with the money. When I turned my head away from the money point and I was happy, money flowed in easier than it did when I was stressed. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I I really hope to make a lot of money too. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I would love to have some money. So don't get me wrong. I, I'm with but you. I'd rather have happiness, right? Yeah. If you're gonna choose, you know, if you gotta choose, what are you gonna have? You know, a lot of these, a lot of people. I grew up poor, man. I grew up in a tough area. You want to come? You want? You know, I just, uh, you know, I have no idea. There's all these guys. I'm, I'm gonna die here. One of my good friends that that's on on Air Force One right now. I've known him for about three years. I had no idea that he had, you know, I knew that he came up through, he was, he was, he was, he was uh, a kid that had some issues, um, some family issues. Uh, he, he was brought up in, 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 a, in an environment that went, he didn't live with his parents, but I had no idea that he was homeless for a portion of his life. I have never had that struggle. Yeah. Never. And so, to be happy, the people that I've gone up and I've, I've, I've watched take their last breath, the worst ones to deal with were the rich ones that had concentrated on money their whole lives. Mm. The ones that died in peace were the people that were happy in life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so, and so, let's, so those are, you know, we're talking life and death. I've been for 30 years search and rescue, whether it's in, as, as a reserve sheriff's deputy, uh, with air rescue and ground rescue, and in the military. And so, you know, this, this weekend soldier thing that, you know, I've got going on, that's where it comes to. And really, I mean, it's been such an important part of my life, and it still is. Going into a new phase of it now, I'm, you know, an old soldier, but I'm a, I'm a soldier that wants to service out, that serve others. But that's where it comes to. And so it's, it's unique. Anybody that's done, done EMS or fire, you know, firefighting or been a cop or a soldier or anything else that's used that, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And so, guys, don't take life and happiness, man. Money nailed it on the head. If you've got to choose one thing, choose happiness, because the money ain't going to change you. Yeah. I think a good uh, tab-out question or question of the day might be, well, what, what then makes you happy? And I think that would be a good question for people to answer for themselves. Um, I have a feeling I know what DJ's is going to be. Um, I want to I hear it. But, yeah, I want to hear it. I, I, I'm pretty sure I, – I, I'll write it down so I, I can tell him I, I had it right. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. What makes you happy, right? Yeah, what makes you happy? Uh, I don't know if you're going to get this, man. What makes me happy is honestly just being able to, uh, man, 
Now you put me on the spot. <laughs> you know, honestly, hap- happiness to me is, is definitely family. Like, there you go. That's, yeah. that, that's literally it. That. Like, it's, it's all about family, and then it comes my team, and then everybody else. So, I mean, if I can be available to my, to my family because of the business that I've built and be able to be you know, home on a Monday or a Wednesday or a Friday just because, because I can, because I want to, because I you know, have a desire to be with my you know, baby son or whatever it is, I can, I can do that. And this business has allowed me to, to be able to have that kind of freedom. So, um, you know, working at a nine to five or someone else, there's, there's no way I'd be able to just take off for a day to, to be a family and still have money coming through uh, the business. So, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Rennie, we, uh, we have a special guest that just walked in. His name's James Copeland. He's the detail manager for fine airport parking. They have a location here in Tulsa as well as Denver. So he came in to grab a couple things. And since he's here, I was like, Hey, James, he goes, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> James gets thrown on the spot. That's the way we do it. James, what makes you happy? What makes me happy? Yeah. Um, let me see. Um, I do like making money. There you go. Money makes me happy. It gives me some freedom to go around and also, uh, you know, good times with um, family and friends. Good times with family and friends makes me happy. Okay. So experiences. Experiences, yeah. And yeah. having finances is what helps build experiences. Helps a lot, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, for me, um, I, I'm, I'm 50-50. I, I absolutely love the inside of myself is beyond happiness. It's more that joy status where you just feel so much excitement inside of you. That happens while I have my daughters. And and there's no way to describe them leaving. It's like that gets ripped away from you. So my 50-50, because there was a point where I had to say, okay, there's enough crying, there's enough mourning, there's enough sadness, there's enough depression. I need to build something for myself and and really work on who I am as a person. And so the other part of it that is happiness for me is seeing this little baby child of what we're trying to do um, just in, in life and in business and what, how we are trying to do stuff for the industry to see that little baby child begin to grow and hopefully one day actually take a step. Um, that, that brings a lot of happiness to me too. So I, I'm a 50, 50 on that. That's awesome. Well, I think it's hard to sum it up one thing, right? I mean, yeah. it, 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 happiness is a, is a, uh, it's, it's a present. It's a gift. And, um, there's several segments of it that you've got to do. You know, you can't just do, you know, naturally we have to work uh, to survive. And so, but if you're not happy and, you know, that aspect of it is pretty miserable. Yeah. Yeah, great question. That's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. Rennie, we'll let you get back, man. 40-something minutes. Really, we didn't expect that much time out of you. Very honored that you would take that for us, man. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Yeah. Man. Where do people find you on, on social? You know, uh, Detailing Success on uh, on both uh, Facebook uh, and Instagram. And then, uh, you know, reach out to me. If you got questions, it's Rennie, R-E-N-N-Y, at DetailingSuccess.com. And uh, I'm more than happy to you know, answer your questions and so forth. And, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. You know, you guys are ambassadors to the industry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. I'm going to brag about you guys. Let's not make this about me. Let's make it about you guys. Anybody that's listening needs to look at these these caps as, as, as an example. They're not sitting there taking away. They're not just, 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 just using the industry. They're making deposits back into the industry. And I think that's really what's needed. And, you know, as you guys have been doing this, I've watched you guys be gifted because of what you're doing. And I think it's really important. So thank, thanks for all your effort. Thanks for having me on and uh, for being a true friend. And uh, we got to get you out. You're missing you're going down to, to Justice for training. we got to get you out to California host training out there, too. Hey, man. I'd I like be, California. Yeah, we'd be honored to come out there and, and do that. I think uh, one of the one of the things we're going to do at Mobile Tech uh, – uh, for the education days, we're going to have a discussion on, you know, how to, how, how technology has created the ability for detailers to create their own brand and to be able to grow through having a brand awareness marketing versus just a sales marketing. And I think that that would be something I think DJ and I could definitely come out and, and teach on with your guys, uh, how to be able to use the resources we have now. You mentioned social media, but there's also all kinds of other resources to be able to actually build a business through through branding. 
And so right for, for anybody that's going to come out to Mobile Tech, you know, that education day is huge. Really, really push anybody listening. Um, and Sheldon, even he, he gives people a discount. So anybody that uses the uh, discount code pints, they get 15% off their education day pass. So really, we oh, really, awesome. really oh, yeah. suggest everybody come out to, to Mobile Tech uh, Vegas. I'm excited. 8.30 is going to be tough, Rennie. Just, you know, I, I, it's going to be tough for me to be. But. I'll, I'll be already uh, left the gym, had breakfast twice. Marty's I'll like go, rolling I'll out of bed. What, I'll tell you what, my wife and I mentioned earlier, we're both still reserves in the military. She's actually a drill instructor. I'll have her come in uniform. You guys will be up plus of time. <laughs> we'll be up. You'll be, you'll, be, you'll be PT dressed. And in the front aisle by about uh, 7.30. Serious, okay. sir. <laughs> All right. That's hey, awesome. Guys, thanks a ton, man. I'm going to get back in. Uh, again, I'm looking at Air Force One. My last word is, guys, uh, you got a dream, man. You got a dream and a vision. As if uh, this dude from Colton, California can, can be looking at a crew, uh, people from all over the, the, the world working on, on Air Force One, you guys can do it, too. Thanks, Rennie. Rennie, thank all you, right, man. Guys, Have a great day. day. Thanks for the time. Yeah, yeah man. man. What's going on, guys? This is Sarah, Mermaid Detailer with Auto Wash Co. out in Denver, Colorado. I'm here today to give you guys a few environmental tips while detailing or running your detailing business. First, corks. Instead of throwing those away or attempting to recycle them, those are actually an awesome, awesome tool to use to get micro marring and scratches out of glass. This does help dramatically if you're applying any sort of coating or uh, wax to a front and back windshield. You want to try and get as much of those mars and scratches out that you can. Or if you're doing a windshield repair, cork is an awesome tool to help with that as well. So make sure to reuse your corks and once you're done, clean them off, then go ahead and recycle them. Donating your microfiber towels when you're done using them is an awesome thing to do. So instead of throwing away microfiber towels that you can no longer use for your business, go ahead, clean them, and donate them to either a homeless shelter or a pet shelter. I promise you will make a huge difference in somebody's life. When you're done using your buckets, instead of dumping them in directly into the driveway or sidewalk so it goes right into our stormwater drains, dump them into soil, grass, rocks, whatever in natural environment you have around you so that way that can break down all those chemicals before going into our stormwater drains, which is what we use to brush our teeth with, drink our water from, shower in, etc. So definitely make sure you do that. Your old toothbrushes, makeup brushes, or lightly used paint brushes, go ahead and clean those and you can totally reuse those for your, for your detailing gigs. It's an awesome, awesome way to, again, reuse and to get in those tight little niche corners that a lot of uh, brushes that are in the market cannot get into. Reuse your cans and jars from groceries to clean and store your, your brushes, your toothpicks, your Q-tips, whatever it may be that you use. Go ahead and reuse those. You don't have to throw them away. And if you don't know where to recycle a lot of your goods that you have, go to TerraCycle.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-Y-C-L-E.com. They're an awesome resource. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope these tips helped. Have a blessed one. Ooh.